Welcome back to another episode of Stimulate Your Mind, proudly presented to you by LOF Productions. Welcome back, everyone, to the Stimulate Your Mind podcast. Something a little bit different today. I'll be starting a new series where we take a look at the biographies of the great companions of the Ahlul Bayt, alayhum We'll take a look at companions of the Holy Prophet of Islam, all the way through to companions of the present Imam, Imam Mahdi. Delving into their lives, what it was like being a companion of the purest household. In this first episode, we'll immerse ourselves in the life of Salman al-Muhammadi. So, who was Salman? Initially, his name was Ruzbeh, which means happy or joyous. He was born in Isfahan, a village in Iran, and his father, who was a wealthy man, was the head of this village. At the time, people in Isfahan worshipped fire because it was the symbol of light. So fire was sacred to them. They had built temples where fire was made to blaze forever. There were holy men who stayed in these temples, keeping the fire burning throughout the day and the night. When Ruzbeh grew up, his father wanted him to be of great importance in the village, and so he had asked him to manage the temple and ensure that the fire continued to burn. Ruzbeh thought about the fire a lot, and he had refused it as a god. This was because man had to take care of the fire to ensure that it would not go out. One day, the young Salman roamed through the distant green fields and in the distance he saw a grand building which caught his eye and he headed towards it. This building that he had seen was in fact a church and the church had been built by monks for them to worship God in. Salman spoke to these monks about their monotheistic religion and he fell in love with this religion. He asked the monks from which land this religion had come and they told him it was from Sham, or present-day Syria. Salman then decided to travel to Sham with a caravan of traders who had come from that land. When he arrived in Sham, he lived with a priest and learned the principles of Christianity through the teachings of the Bible. After a while, this priest had died, and Salman decided to move to Mosul, a city in northern Iraq. There, he lived in a church. From Mosul, he then moved to Nasiban, or Nasibin, and later on to Amuria. Salman lived in Amuria for a while, still practicing the religion of Christianity, and developed a close relationship with the priest of Amuria, who was known to be a good and noble man. Before this priest's passing, he told Salman, during this time, Allah will send the Prophet. The Prophet will bring the religion of Ibrahim al-Khalil, or Prophet Abraham, and he will immigrate to a land with a lot of date palms. Salman then asked the priest, what are the distinguishing marks of this prophet? And the priest replied, some of his marks are, he will accept the gift, but he won't accept the alms, or sadaqah. And the mark of prophecy will be between his shoulders. So a distinguished mark. After the priest's death, Salman thought a lot about what he had said and decided to migrate to the Arabian, Arabian Peninsula. He came across a caravan of traders one day that was heading towards Hejaz, modern-day Saudi Arabia, and he gave them all his money so that he may travel with them to Mecca. The traders took Salman's money, but they also took away his freedom and sold him to a Jewish man as a slave. Salman was disheartened by the disloyalty shown by these traders, and he decided to remain patient, and he worked sincerely and honestly on the Jewish man's farm. One morning, a man belonging to the tribe of Bani Quraidah came to visit his cousin on the farm and saw that Salman was working very hard and he asked to buy Salman from his cousin. 
Salman was happy when hearing this as he had known that the tribe of Bani Quraida lived in Yathrib, a city known for its date palms. Remembering that the priest of Amuriya had told him that the promised prophet would appear in such a land as this, Salman was hopeful, counting down the days to when he would see this prophet. One day, whilst Salman was working on the farm, he overheard his master speaking to a friend of his saying, Muhammad has arrived at Qiba and some of the people of Yathrib have received him. Salman rejoiced at the news of the Prophet's arrival and knew it was time for him to get his freedom. He waited until the evening when it was dark, took some dates with him and left his master's house in secret. The distance between Yathrib and Qiba was about 2 miles or 3.2 kilometers. Salman covered this distance very quickly. When he arrived at Qiba, he went straight to the Holy Prophet and said, I've heard you're a good, a good man and that there are some strangers with you. Therefore, I've brought you these dates as alms. Prophet Muhammad distributed the, the dates to his companions, but he didn't eat any. Here, Salman knew that this was the first mark that he had been told about. The next day, Salman once again came to Qiba with more dates and said to the Holy Prophet, these are gifts. The Prophet took the dates gratefully, distributed them to his companions, and then he ate some himself. Salman then knew that this was the second mark of prophethood. For this reason, he was certain that Muhammad was the, was the promised prophet. He embraced him and accepted Islam as his religion. And for this reason, Prophet Muhammad named him Salman. The Holy Prophet explained to his companions that Islam has come to free a person from control of another person, and that Allah has given man freedom. So Prophet Muhammad asked his companions to help Salman in attaining his freedom. The Jewish man accepted to free Salman, provided that he should plant him 3,000 date palms. The companions assisted in collecting the palm shootings, and Prophet Muhammad began planting them. Through this, Salman was freed and lived happily amongst the family of the Prophet. In the month of Ramadan, in the fifth year after the migration of the Prophet, the Muslims became aware that the polytheists had intended to invade the city of Medina. The Jews were always planning and urging the Quraysh and the Arab tribes to invade Medina and destroy Islam and spend a lot of money to call up thousands of fighters. Prophet Muhammad was always seeking the advice of his companions to solve the problems that the Muslims faced. The Muslims held a meeting in the Prophet's mosque to exchange views and come up with a solution. The new invasion was full of danger for the Muslim troops were about 1,000 fighters while the invaders were 10,000 fighters. While the Muslims were exchanging views to face the oncoming danger, Salman stood up and said, O Prophet of God, in Persia, we dug a trench when an enemy attacked. Salman's opinion surprised the Muslims, and the Prophet and the Muslims were all happy and agreed with Salman's plan to dig a trench. The northern border of Medina was weak. Prophet Muhammad wanted the trench to be about 5,000 meters long, 9 meters wide, and 7 meters deep. The following day, the Muslims went out carrying their digging tools. To end the trench ac accurately and quickly, Prophet Muhammad ordered each 10 fighters to dig 40 meters. It was winter, very cold. The Muslims were all fasting, yet still they were working with enthusiasm. Salman was working with his brothers, the Muhajirin, or the immigrants, and the Ansar, or the supporters. One day, they found a hard white rock. Salman tried to smash it with his pickaxe, but was unsuccessful. 
His companions tried to smash, smash it as well, but they were unable to as well. Whenever they hit the rock, it sent sparks flying. After discussing with the companions, Salman went to tell the Prophet about the rock and to allow, to allow them to change the direction of the trench. The Prophet asked the Muslims to bring him some water. He then poured the water on the rock, held the pickaxe and said, by the name of Allah. He hit the rock and split one third of it. The Prophet said, Allah is great. I've been given the keys of Sham. By Allah, I can see its palaces. The Prophet hit the rock again, splitting another third. And he said, Allah is great. I've been given the keys of Persia. By Allah, I can see the palaces of Al-Mada'in. He then hit the rock a third time and it smashed and he said, Allah is great. I've been given the keys to Yemen. By Allah, I can see the gates of Sana'a. But the hypocrites began sneering at the believers saying, how will you conquer Persia, Rome and Yemen while you're digging a trench in Yathrib? But the Muslims had no doubt about their victory. The Muslims went on digging the trench day and night for a month. During that time, the Muslims were moving the agricultural crops into Medina to live on them in the siege and to prevent the enemy from making use of them. The armies of the allies headed by Abu Sufyan arrived in Medina. Seeing the trench, they wondered how the Arabs knew about this technique. The polytheists knew that it was Salman's idea. They besieged Medina and Abu Sufyan looked in vain for an opening to pass through the trench. One day, the polytheist horsemen were able to pass through the trench and arrived at the front of the Muslims. Prophet Muhammad ordered his fighters to hinder the polytheists. Then Ali ibn Abi Talib stood up to fight Amr ibn Abdul Wud, a hero of the polytheists. When Imam Ali began fighting the enemy of Islam, Prophet Muhammad prayed to Allah to grant them all a victory. Then he said, today, all belief has begun fighting all atheism. لَقَدْ بَرَزَ الْإِيمَانُ كُلُّهُ عَلَى الْكُفْرِ كُلُّهُ Imam Ali السلام, gained victory over his enemy and the Muslims rejoiced as the polytheists retreated. Following this victory, the Muslims came together in the Prophet's mosque. They were looking at Salman, the great companion with love and respect because he saved Medina and Islam from the invaders with his plan. For this reason, the Ansar from Medina said, Salman is one of us. And the Muhajirin sh shouted, Salman is one of us. <clears throat> and the Muslims listened to the Prophet's view about Salman. He said, Salman minna ahl bayt. Salman is a member of my family. Then the Prophet said, do not say Salman al-Farisi. Rather say Salman al-Muhammadi. Since that day, the Muslims had looked gratefully and respectfully at Salman. Salman was always beside the Prophet to defend the Muslims against their enemies. He took part in all Muslim battles, including the Battle of Bani Quraida, the Battle of Khaybar, the conquest of Mecca, the Battle of Hunayn, and the Battle of Tabuk. Salman was also one of the first people to pay homage to the, to the Holy Prophet under the tree. This was known as Bayat al-Ridwan. Salman was a truthful believer and a faithful Muslim. For this reason, the Muslims heard our Prophet Muhammad saying, Paradise is longing for three people. They are Ali, Ammar and Salman. On the 28th of Safar, the Holy Prophet passed away and the Muslims mourned him. As Salman loved the Prophet very much, he wept over him. Salman sought to follow the Prophet's behavior and memorize his words. For this reason, Salman loved Imam Ali because the Prophet had loved him. And he heard the Prophet always say, Ali is with the truth and the truth is with Ali. Ali, you are in the same position with respect to me as Harun was to Musa. 
except that there is no prophet after me. He also said, whosoever I have authority over, Ali also has authority over. Salman heard these traditions and many others. He believed in Imam Ali's Imam and his caliphate after Prophet Muhammad. Imam Ali reciprocated this love for, the, for Salman and he said about him, Salman is a member of the Prophet's family. He is like Luq Luqman al-Hakim. He has read the first book and the last book, meaning the Holy Bible and the Holy Quran. Years later, Salman also took part in the battles of Persia. He was in the front line fighting bravely. Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas was the leader of the campaign against Al-Mada'in and Salman was by his side. Salman was there as a translator between the Muslims and the Persians and therefore the city surrendered without shedding any blood. Khalifa of the time, Umar ibn al-Khattab, appointed him as a ruler of Al-Mada'in as he was a moral Muslim and a just ruler. His salary was 5,000 dirhams, which he distributed amongst the poor. He lived a simple life. He bought palm leaves by the dirham. He made baskets and sold them for three dirhams. He spent one dirham on his family, gave another to the poor, and saved the third dirham to buy palm leaves. His clothing was simple, and when the travelers, travelers saw him, they thought of him as the poor man from Al-Madain. One day, while Salman was walking in the market, Traveller ordered him to carry his baggage. Salman carried the baggage and began walking with the man. In the street, the people were greeting Salman respectfully. The traveller wondered and asked the people around him who this poor man was. They told him he is Salman al-Muhammadi, the companion of the Holy Prophet and the ruler of al-Mada'in. The traveller was surprised. He apologized to Salman and asked him to put, put down the bags. Salman refused and said, not until I see you off. After the conquest of Al-Mada'in, the Muslims began looking for a suitable place to live. So Salman and Hudayfa bin Al-Yammam went looking for a suitable land to match the Muslims' customs. They chose the land of Kufa in Iraq and said some prayers there. On that day, Kufa was founded, then became the capital of the Muslim government and a center for science and knowledge. Salman then became very old and ill and the Muslims would visit him and pray for his recovery. The Muslims loved Salman because of his character and his inclination to help others and do good. One morning, Salman asked his wife to get him the parcel that he had kept for years. His wife asked him about the parcel and Salman said, the Holy Prophet has said to me, if death comes to you, some people will come to you. They like perfume, but they don't eat food. Salman opened the parcel and splashed some water over it. Sweet smell spread from it and filled the room. Salman then asked his wife to open the door. Not a few moments later, he closed his eyes and left this world. Salman was a young man when he left Iran. In the search for truth, he ventured through many cities and towns in Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Hejaz. After a long life of worship and service to Islam, Salman passed away. Salman Muhammad's tomb can be found a great shrine near the ruins of Al-Mada'in, near Baghdad in Iraq. So that concludes the first installment of the new series where we look into the lives of the companions of the Holy Household. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time on the Stimulate Your Mind podcast. Stimulate Your Mind is proudly presented to you by LOF Productions. For more of our podcasts where we try to cover all the interesting topics happening all over the globe and also the personal stories of people right here in our own backyard. 
Subscribe to Stimulate Your Mind on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. See you guys in a little while.